The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian Wickert and Tim Holtman. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, the October 15th edition. I'm Brian Wickert, licensed real estate broker with Acunet Realty Advisors and the majority owner of Acunet Mortgage, along with my son-in-law, who is one of our top senior loan consultants, uh, Tim Holman. Welcome back to the show, Tim. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me. And remember, you can also get a copy of today's show and all our past shows wherever you normally get your podcasts. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's start off talking. Let's congratulate my son, David, and uh, daughter-in-law, Christy, yes, and your indeed. brother-in-law. <laughs> so we, we have a new uh, grandchild or niece, as we call it, in the house here this last week. A healthy girl was born, and that's why David's got the weekend off. So we're delighted uh, about that development. Yeah. Grandbaby uh, number four. Grandbaby number yeah. four. That's right. Yeah. The uh, brood is growing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're happy about that. All right. Now, uh, as David points out, uh, his new daughter is going to graduate. And what was it? Four, oh, geez. 18 years old. Oh, 2041. Uh, yeah. That's 2041. a one. thought. Okay. Woo. Wow. All right. So, and likely live to be over 100, just by the way. Yeah. Statistically. statistically yep. Along with all the other babies that were born this week. So, all right. Um, What's happening in real estate and mortgage world? Uh, we had uh, two things impact mortgage rates this past week. Yep. Uh, one of those was, sadly, the terrorist attack and the war in Israel and Gaza. And anytime there's geopolitical unrest, that tends to make the interest rate world um, more attractive to investors. Right. They tend to L- sell Lower stocks. risk. Yeah. Lower risk, right. Yeah. They tell to, tend to sell the riskier asset stocks and buy safer things like government bonds and mortgage-backed securities. securities. But then the other thing that we had happen, which then had a counter effect on this, was the consumer price index. Because remember, uh, the reason that mortgage rates are high uh, is that inflation has been high. Now, it's been coming down, Mm -hmm. and... uh, And the consumer price index report, which measures inflation at the retail level, was actually in line with expectations yeah. on Thursday. So, Tim, why, why did that make rates get a little worse? Well, apparently investors were expecting the uh, the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, uh, data to come back weaker. Ah, so than the they, forecast. Yeah, weaker than the forecast. So just by it coming in at expectations, that actually had a knee-jerk reactions of, of rates going up a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, overall, for the week, they're down, for yeah. sure, compared to the prior week. But that was a little bit of a... Um, unwelcome day on on Thursday, you know, compared to the overall story of the week. So let's just say, you know, today, uh, or as of Friday, I should say, we could do a uh, 30-year fixed rate, 25% down on the $310,000 median price for the five-county Milwaukee area. So at a 7375, one paying points, almost everybody is paying points now to get the rate down some. That would give you an APR of 7.56. And, you know, last week, Maybe that rate would have been 7.625%. That's right. a quarter point different, which, all yeah. right, don't get too excited. It's about a $40 yeah. per month 
difference in payment on a $232,000 loan amount. I think it bears mentioning though, and I'm sure you've mentioned it before, we, we still have access to the special super low first-time homebuyer rate from WIDA, a Wisconsin-specific program where that rate for first-time homebuyers, if they qualify for the program, is a 6.625% rate as of today with no points. I'm glad you uh, brought that up. And I'm, if you don't I'm, have it memorized, I'm we'll... fly in the WIDA banner to anyone who will listen. That's so. right. <laughs> uh, and the maximum income you can have on that, I believe, is $99,800 if you're a, a one- to two-person household. Correct. Yep. And do you have it memorized, what it is, oh. if you're three to four? I want to say it's like 118. Yeah, I was going to we'll say 116. We, well, we will confirm that. All right, we'll confirm that and, and get that back to you. All right, so... so Rates are not like tumbling down. No. They just basically stop getting worse. Yeah, which, I mean, we'll take whatever win we can get at this point. But bottom line is, like like you said, it's all about what's the difference in the monthly payment. That's right. right? Yeah, and so, uh, Tim, we you had a super busy week helping people buy homes. I think you had five applications yeah which yeah. is monstrous uh, in, in this, in this environment, environment that's that's big and yeah i mean there's still people out there uh who are looking to buy some for sale by owners some with realtors okay and uh we are standing by to assist by the way i just looked it up it's Hundred fourteen thousand eight hundred eighty-five dollars oh. in Milwaukee County for a three-person-plus household for WIDA. So, all right, so you know we're all about triage. Yeah. When somebody comes our way, we are checking all the boxes, kind of like a pilot on takeoff. Mm -hmm. How can we get this particular person? And there are tricks to the trade, folks. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, as to what can we do to um, ethically manipulate the information in our favor, in the, our borrower's favor, mm -hmm. to try to get you the best possible yeah. deal. All right, well, uh, I had a call from a dad this week. I was actually sitting at David's desk <laughs> because he was out. It was, this, it was on Thursday. And I, I think I just happened to pick up the main line. I thought I was answering David's phone. Oh, but sure. I, I, just, <laughs> I think I picked up the main line. This guy's like, wow, I'm talking to Brian Wicker. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to tell you about his question. He was, he had two questions. Uh, about his, helping his daughter and son-in-law purchase their next home. One of them is about trying to make their offer a cash offer. But then the other one had to do with my advertising uh, that we've had a lot of ads lately talking about how we can do property-specific pre-approvals oh, with no appraisal sure. required. I'm going to tell you about his question because I think it's a couple of good ones. When we come back, you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to today's show. Uh, before the break, I was mentioning I got a call from a dad uh, of a pre-approval client we're already working with and uh, we're trying to help them purchase their next home, so not a first-time home buyer. Okay. Uh, and they make too much money to qualify for any of the specials stuff gotcha. special sauce that we have sure uh the buyers are looking to buy another two family or as we call them here in wisconsin duplexes <laughs> in other parts you know what in chicago really? they, they call, call them two flats oh interesting anyway, huh. which is really the key of b flat if you're a musician isn't whoa it? all right just digging out to my old music theory <laughs> anyway so they're looking to buy a two family and they already own two duplexes oh okay and they live though this is good in one of the units oh okay. all right so they are occupying and they've been occupying that unit as their primary residence for like at least three years okay so i think we're going to be okay because what just 
I could read your face. What went through your... Yeah, well, we have to prove that it passes the smell test of, is this new place really going to be your primary residence? Are you really going to live in it? And, you know, they can say, well, yes, because we're currently living in a duplex. Right. That, that it makes the argument stronger than if they were in a single family. Correct. It's not like they're living in a single family home yeah. now. It's that's like, I want to volunteer to go back to sharing a, a floor or a, or a ceiling, ceiling with a neighbor. Correct. <laughs> so I think we're going to be okay on yeah. that. Uh, but it is important that... That we are able to categorize it as a primary residence. Yes, uh, especially with the new rules that came out. Okay, so talk a little bit about that. Okay, What's well, the difference? Uh, previously, up until literally last week, unless you were qualifying for a special program like Home Possible, which we've established that these folks make too much money for that, to buy a duplex, even as a primary residence, you had to go at least 15% down, 1-5% down, unless you wanted to do FHA, which is still 3.5% down. But there's a whole other set of issues why you might want to not want to do that. But literally last week, Fannie Mae came out and said, you know what? If it's going to be your primary, we're going to make a shift so that the minimum down payment is now 5% down on a 2 through 4 unit primary residence property, which is huge because down payment is... That is genuinely the barrier I see the most for people yep. looking to buy a multi-unit property. Um, so really, really big change, especially for these folks. But now, have as of last week, and I've been distracted with other things, uh, has there been any announcement yet on what the pricing adjustments are going to be for those lower down payments? No, we don't know what okay. the if there's going to be an LLPA change or... All right, so so there's a little bit of mystery, and let me just kind of decode that for a, for a minute. So... Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the font of all low, well, formerly low, but now <laughs> the best you can get. Still, yeah, the best. In Still the <laughs> lowest you can get. 30-year fixed rate mortgage money. They, a long time ago, probably 10 years ago, kind of came out with a rubric or a matrix that determines what rate and closing costs can be offered to any particular home buyer or homeowner. Yeah. And the, the rate is, it's a combination of credit score and loan-to-value ratio. Which means, let's translate that, say it the other way, down payment. Right. So right. credit score, the higher their credit score and the bigger the down payment, the better, the better. deal you get. Mm -hmm. But some of the other factors are the occupancy type. The best is primary residence, second best is a vacation home, and the least best or otherwise known as the worst, <laughs> is their rental property. <laughs> and then property type matters, single family detached homes get the best deal. Yeah. Uh, condos are next best, unless you can get to 25% down, in which case then they're the same as single right. family detached. Correct. And then same. duplexes are third best on that rung. Yeah. Uh, and then finally three to four families, uh, three to four family units are the least best. And then you got your loan purpose, let's not forget about that. Mm -hmm. Purchases and regular refinances right. of just For existing first mortgage balance those you get the most favorable rates if you're taking cash out then you get a worse rate yep. or higher closing costs and then we already talked about if you meet certain income uh, maximums in other words if you if, if you, you make too much money yeah or I'm gonna say it another way if you make under 100% of the area median income uh, you get a better deal oh if you make 80% or less of the area median income you get an even better deal yeah. So all those factors go into the answering the question, hey, what's your rate today? Yeah, it's, I was, it's a perfect, it, because all those things you just listed are why it's so funny when someone will call up and literally say, what's your rate? Yeah. Because it, it depends on so many different factors. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's like I can't give you just what what's your rate. Okay, yeah. it's super I, low. Well, I can, but and what what I you know <laughs> rather than it's not going to be super accurate. Well, exactly. So all we can do is say, well, if you're putting twenty five percent down on a uh, you know single family detached home and yeah. you have seven sixty or higher qualifying yeah. credit score then and it's it your primary this. residence, it's going to be this. So that's what I mean. Sure, that's there what you, you go. Do. But yeah, the real <laughs> answer depends on all that stuff. All right, so the. Other part of the question that or the first part of the question came about as he had talked to a realtor friend of his who suggested and observed that you know what about a third of offers are cash offers now. Wow, a third. Okay, yeah, and we can we could corroborate that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's talking about for duplexes in this price range, which they're looking for to buy in around two hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Yeah, that's probably a pretty competitive price range. Yep. Yeah. And, and so he's saying, you know what, his suggestion. To the dad was why don't you get your financial advisor dad to write a letter that says you have enough money in your investment account in order to make your yeah to make your daughter and son-in-law cash buyers when we come back we're going to tell you why that's not the best idea you're listening to the Accident mortgage and realty show on wisconsin's radio station am 620 wtmj Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickard, the elder, and that's uh, Tim Holdman over there, son-in-law, the younger, Good morning. much taller and more handsome son-in-law and senior loan consultant, Tim Holdman. All right, we're talking about this uh, dad who is trying to help his daughter and son-in-law buy their third duplex as a primary residence building the real estate empire that's right that's that's good for them yeah and we think we can help them do that the dad was um inquiring hey is it legitimate for me to get a letter from my financial advisor saying i have enough money to uh help my son and daughter-in-law be cash buyers and um and by the way that was predicated on you know what i think about a third of people are cash buyers. Well, that may be true, but I just ran the numbers in the multiple listing service. And from September 1st through uh, the end of last week, uh, only 10% of duplex purchases in Milwaukee County were be- uh, for prices between 200 and 275 were cash buyers. So there you go. a lot lower than a third. Um, uh, by the way, FHA uh, was uh, 20% of the buyers, and uh, a little over half, about 57%, were regular Fannie Mae 30-year fixed rate. I bet you the ratio between Fannie and FHA is going to skew more in favor of Fannie over the next couple months due to that uh, new change. In the, yeah, well, right. the change in the down payment requirement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in the down payment requirement, as long as the pricing goes along with it. Because right. as it stands right now, folks, if you put less than 15% down, uh, it's murderous. You get hammered. You yeah. get, you, the pricing is like ridiculous. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So we got to have both things. More right. updates to come But on back that. to this idea of using a parent. I have seen that work. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But it's really not in line with the terms of the Wisconsin offer to purchase, mm-hmm. which say that if there's a cash offer, then the buyer, which in this case would be the daughter and son-in-law, right. have to show that they, the buyers, have enough cash to not need a mortgage. Right. And it's not their money, it's their parents. And the dad so. is not a party to the contract. Right. So I told him, I said, if I was the seller, or if I was the seller's listing agent, I would say, nice try. <laughs> but unless this isn't you want a cash to, offer. Yeah, yeah, unless you want to put dad uh, on the offer as one of the owners. Right, as one of the buyers. I'm sure they probably don't want to do. So here's what I suggested. I said, here's almost as good. 
Because what is it? What do sellers enjoy when it's a cash buyer? It yeah, means no that, contingencies. That's right. Yeah, They're, they can't be told. No, the buyer can't yeah, they, scuttle they, the deal based yeah, on they, financing. They don't have to worry about changing the purchase price due yeah. to a low appraisal. They don't have to worry about financing. Well, only if that cash buyer also mm. doesn't ask for an appraisal. I suppose. You, yeah, you could be a cash a, buyer with an appraisal contingency. That's right. That's but true. you know, I think that's the general thinking is I'm a cash buyer. So I said, yeah. I told him this story, and this is in one of the ads that are airing right now. Uh, that just started on last Friday. We had a past customer looking for us to help them buy their retirement condo, uh, and they wanted to put uh, 50% down. So they're already m way bigger down payment than most folks. Correct. And so then we put the rock solid pre-approval letter with that. We did not get the appraisal waiver mm. in this particular case, but they wrote without an appraisal contingency yeah, anyway. The risk is super minimal to them. And, and so, you know, the seller asked in that case, hey, because apparently we're guessing they were the highest offer. Okay. Hey, can I can I take this one with the 50% down and the pre-approval letter from Acunet? And the, and the listing agent said, absolutely. Beautiful. You know, it's... And it's so we actually beat out a it, cash offer. It, it's just next best thing to a cash offer. <laughs> and so my, my point to the dad was, well, why don't we do this up where we will have you show us that you have the money mm -hmm. that you could give a gift yeah. of $100,000. Right. Big down payment. Big down yeah. payment. And then instead of writing the pre-approval letter with 15% down, we'll write it with 50% down. Because, and you're going to sign a gift letter saying you're willing to give the gift. Yeah. Now, in if, the, if necessary. If yeah. necessary. In the end, they're really only going to put 15% down. Correct. Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe less under the new guidelines. And, and by the way, folks, that happens all the time uh, where if we show a, a borrower could put more down, they can always choose not to. Once the the offer is accepted, the seller doesn't care how much money comes from the buyer and how much co money comes from the lender. It's all going to add up to the same dollar amount for them at the end of the day. And I always like to point out this is exactly the same as the cash offer terms. Uh, if you write a cash offer in Wisconsin, you have to prove that you have the money. But right. pre-baked into the language of the Wisconsin offer to purchase WB11 form, it says... This, the buyer can still go out and get a mortgage, and the seller will grant access mm -hmm. to the lender's appraiser. Correct. Okay, so extending that, hey, I'm going from putting 100% down to maybe I'm only going to put 20% down, but I proved to you I could be a cash buyer. We're taking that and saying, hey, you know what? We're going to pre-approve you for 50% down because we've documented the assets yep, coming from dad in the form of a gift. Uh but they might choose to put 15% down. So Absolutely. he really liked that idea as a... Much better execution of the uh, game plan. Yeah. yeah. A, a more uh, inside the box. You're not going to get anybody uh, uh, objecting to that game plan. No. Yeah, it's in line with the contract, of the WB-11. It uh, actually fits more into that template. The other thing, we're going to get to one of your stories when we come back. But the other thing I want to just talk talk about after we're uh, back from the news is his question about this no appraisal required idea. We'll okay. get to that, but right now it's time to turn it over to the 24-hour newsroom. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. And uh, we were talking, Tim, about a dad that had called in or just covered how we were going to come up with a better way to help them compete uh, for a duplex that they want to buy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing that came up, though, and I brought this up, I said, you know, you may have heard some of our ads. The other thing we're doing now are, are is what I call a property-specific pre-approval, where 
as the home buyer, home shopper is about to write the offer, we have them call us, text their loan consultant, and then we put that specific property address into the automated underwriting systems that we have access to. And then in a lot of cases, the answer comes back, hey, we believe the value you just put in. Sometimes the computer, which is all about big data Mm -hmm. and complicated statistical analysis, Sometimes it comes back and says, I even believe a, a, a value over the asking price. Yeah. And that's one of the ads that I have running right now where the um, asking price, I think, was about 410 And they called up their loan consultant. We put it through at thirty grand over asking. Okay. And it said, I believe that value. We believe you. We and believe so, that's worth 440 That's right, 440 so, because this dad was saying, like, why would I want to do that? That, that sounds risky. Why would I want to go without an appraisal over asking? That sounds crazy. But once I explained that we're running it through a really sophisticated model that looks at all the data, it knows this house, it's looking at all the comparables, and it's saying, you know what? We believe the value you're telling us. Because it doesn't know. The model doesn't know the listing price. Remember, no, exactly. David loves to say this. The listing price is a made-up number. <laughs> It is. Right? <laughs> and so this is statistically looking at everything and saying, oh, we believe in this particular case, 440. Now, the market is going into what I'm calling its fall cool off. For sure. And in September, David and I reported last week, only, air quotes, 55% of uh, homes in the five-county Milwaukee metro area sold for over asking. That's down from 59% the month before and 65% uh, earlier okay. in the summer. Yeah, so a little know, bit of a cool off. Yeah, and again, air quotes, only 36% of homes sold for ten grand or more over asking. So, sure. you know, it's it's getting less competitive. So so the answer is we're not um, making things up. It, it is based in fact, and the whole reason why the buyer then feels great. It's like hey, maybe uh, I'm probably not over overpaying. Yeah. I have a statistical model that says yeah. it believes the, this value. The market supports this value. And yeah. then the really good thing for the seller is it makes that pre-approval that says no appraisal required mm-hmm. of equal wonderfulness. Yeah. Compared to a cash offer where they're saying, I don't care. Right. Because there's, there's no appraise. risk of them having to go back and reduce the purchase price to match a low appraisal. That's true. Because we're not going to get one. You so. got it. All Boom. right. So what do you got over there, Mr. Frontline Prolific Senior Loan Consultant <laughs> Originating Machine? That's a lot of pressure. No, uh, I've got, actually, this was a, a daughter and son-in-law of a financial advisor that we both know oh. who, who sent his daughter in. And uh, first time, she's a first time home buyer. He is not. But... Um, they, you know, hadn't bought a home in a long time. So they were thinking, okay, we, we just saw a house. We love it. We want to make an offer. Oh, shoot. Oh. We're not pre-approved at all. Oh, so gonna... jumped on the phone with the kids and, and dad uh, right away and did a, a whole uh, mortgage pastoring session. But one of the things we touched on was uh, what we were just talking about, our ability to write a property-specific appraisal. Uh, that uh, maybe can pre-approval. Can, uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Pre-approval uh, yeah. with a no yes. appraisal required. Yes. Thank you. Property-specific pre-approval. Uh, showing no appraisal required. So I got on the phone with the realtor, chatted with her. Uh, They actually decided ultimately not to make an offer on that house. But as I was getting my work ready and and going through the pre-approval, we determined that we were not able to waive the appraisal based on, and you know, sometimes that's the answer, but it's still worth looking. And that realtor is going to text me the address of every house that they're even thinking of writing an offer on. So I can check because it just makes the... uh, 
the offer so much more appealing to so the seller. Market. And that that's still the name of the game. Even though the market is cooling off, I spend the most time with my customers, not pre-approving them. That's the easy part. But it's consulting, okay, how do we make sure that you can win once you find a house that you want to buy? And that's all this extra stuff that you may not get and, and probably are not getting from every loan consultant you would talk to out there in the world. This is truly something I think that Acunet consultants are a little bit better at. No, we're way better. Right, I'm trying you're, to be you're, you're, you're short selling yourself. Yeah, we're way better at helping people understand what they can do. Like, oh, let's get a gift letter and verify that mom and dad can provide additional money for down payment. Because, sure. folks, in the eyes of the seller, more down payment is better. It equals greater certainty. You reminded me of something else that, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, but uh, on the same vein as gifts, you can do actually a gift of equity ah. between buyer and seller if they are related, either by blood or by marriage. And um, I came across a, a situation this past week with a client of mine who is buying a, a condo from his cousin, and we're going the gift of equity route, but they were not aware of... Of something called the annual gift tax exemption versus the lifetime gift tax exclusion amount. So we can talk about that All after right, the break. Let's cover that. That's always a good topic to refresh our memories on. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, the elder, and uh, that is Tim Holdman, son-in-law Tim Holdman, uh, father of grandchildren number one and two. There you go. Yep. yep. And first place, David. First place, that's right. So <laughs> n- number one and uh, also taller and more handsome than me by a long shot. Okay, so uh, before we talk about the excellent topic of misunderstanding the gift rules relative to the IRS that come into play sometimes with home buying, the other thing that came out recently was the monthly Fannie Mae uh, Home Buyer Sentiment Index, or Home Purchase, technically, Home Purchase Sentiment Index, um, which decreased month over month and uh, not surprisingly, only 16% of consumers in this survey of 1,000 households said that it's a good time to buy a home. Yeah. That doesn't surprise you, does No, it? not at all. That uh, matches an all-time survey low uh, set last year. Uh, by the way, 63% of those people in the survey said it was a good time to sell. That's down three points from the prior month. Hmm, interesting. Um, so... so the reason why I go yay <laughs> is that that makes it easier for our motivated home shopper. That yeah. means there's probably a little less competition. Exactly. And yeah. now remember, all real estate is local. So when you see you know headlines or news stories that report home prices tumbling and you know things really bad, that's really not the case here no. in southeastern Wisconsin, in particular the Badger State in general. Last week, Tim, we talked about how I think the uh, average days on market in the sh- city of Chicago was like 56 days. Wow, yeah. Whereas in the five-county Milwaukee area, I think it's still around 30. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So what what are you seeing on, on the front lines relative to that competitiveness before we get to the... Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's 
I'm, I still got a lot of people who want to talk to me about buying a house. Okay. You know, uh, and, and part of that is just staying organized and staying in, in front of people and following up with them. But I am not lacking for people to talk to. Okay. So, so you know, we're seeing buyers, plenty of buyers, Yeah. which is good. But, yeah. you know, maybe are, are you finding that the people who are getting accepted offers like this last week, are they still in competitive situations from what you can tell? Yeah. I mean, a couple more for sale by owner. So that's not, oh. uh, you know. Uh, a little less uh, ravenous in uh, the competition. Exactly. And I have, I still have people who are trying to work that out. They're, they're searching out that situation by talking to neighbors, friends, family, okay. uh, those kinds of things. But Go yeah, on for, Facebook, for the people who are kind of doing it the normal way of getting a real estate agent and going out and looking, uh, yeah, there's still some competition. But I, I, you know, my customer's experience, I think, is reflecting the data that you and David went over last week, which is, you know, if you're offering over, it may not be as much over. And statistically, I'm seeing maybe just a little bit of a downturn in, in how many transactions I'm doing where that's, you know, above the, the list. Okay. Price. You know, some, right. sometimes even for decent properties, offering the asking is, is start, sufficient, starting to be good enough again. Okay. Yeah. So the message, the takeaway there, folks, is, hey, as we get deeper into fall, now is a great time to buy. Yeah. If, right. If, because if, if you want to buy, yeah, we, we can help you. And yeah. remember, refinancing is really inexpensive in Wisconsin. We even always offer a no cost uh, plan. All right. So Correct. let's talk about gifting. You got somebody, you said it was a cousin selling to another cousin. Mm -hmm. And what's the fundamental misunderstanding here? So it is incredible. Uh, well, I'll just say this first. In at least half of the scenarios where a gift is involved, particularly a large gift, I get the question like, oh, isn't there a limit on how much I can give to my family member? Again, not every time that question is asked, but you, about half the time that sure. question comes up. And it's incredible how uh, rampant the understanding is that I can't give my family member more than $17,000 in a year. And the reason some people believe that is because there is such a thing called the annual gift tax exclusion. You can look this up on NerdWallet. Yeah, NerdWallet or IRS, anything. IRS.gov. You know? Where essentially, if I were to put this in uh, plain speak, if you give less than seventeen thousand dollars in a year to a family member, it's as if it never happened. And it you, could be you, to anybody, by the way. Oh, okay, it doesn't sure. have to be a family member. Right. It's just for mortgage lending purposes. The Got only it. gifts that are legit for down payment yeah. or equity are from family members. Yeah. But so it's they, it's the maximum in a year that you can give to a person without reporting it to the IRS. Right. You don't have to do anything. But what happens if you have to give more than seventeen thousand dollars to a person in a single year? nothing bad actually happens. All you have to do is that you do have to report it to the IRS and it counts against something called the lifetime gift tax uh, exemption, lifetime gift tax exemption, where as long as you give under that lifetime amount, you are not going to be well, Excuse me, what is that lifetime amount? Is it like 100000 or how big is it? It is a whopping $12.92 million. Mm. So what that means is if over the course of your life you think you'll probably give less than that, you don't have to worry about it. Right. So that that's the only difference. If you give more than seventeen k, you have to fill out a form as part of your tax returns and tell Uncle you gave oh, them money. Wait. Do the other variation where you know, which is very common, where it's uh, grandma and grandpa are selling to the grandchildren, mm -hmm. and what's the situation there? Yeah. Well, you can just parcel it up if you really want to not have to worry about this come tax time do 17k from grandma to grandson 17k from grandma to granddaughter 17k from grandpa to grandson and 17k 
from grandpa right. to granddaughter, right? So, so you can do four times the 17 where you got yeah, 68,000. You know, in, in my case, it was a single party to a single party. They were right. cousins, and the gift of equity amount was more than 17,000. And the, the attorney advising both of them actually was not aware of the difference between Yikes. the Well, because, you know, the, they're yeah. not accountants, they're attorneys. Right. I've got one other thought to share on transactions between family members, sales of family properties. Okay. And then... Um, also want to talk about your client who we're going to help by reducing their qualifying income. What? We'll tell you about <laughs> that when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. Uh, Tim, while we were on break here, you were thinking what I was thinking, or this actually <laughs> came up. What's the other wrinkle uh, that we often give advice on yeah. when a family member is selling a property to another family member? So usually, common sense, they think, oh, well, I'm going to cut my family member a deal and sell it, sell the property to them for less than it's worth. You don't actually want to do that. What you want to do is you want to set the purchase price at whatever the most is you think you can get for the property in, in fair market value, but then just increase your gift of equity amount to them to cut them a deal that way. Because then maybe you're going to gift them 20% equity and you're not going to pay PMI. Yes. Whereas if you skinny up the price right. and then the person only has 10 grand to bring to the table or no grand, you know that, that becomes... Mm, yeah, on the lending side, it, it, it's... Uh, it, it actually makes them look less desirable as a borrower and help and you know makes them maybe get a less desirable by setting the price higher with a larger gift of equity you're starting them out with a greater equity position which from the lending side makes them a more attractive borrower of money just another point uh, if, if cousin Paul the tax accountant was on if you set the price artificially low that can technically be considered a gift when you sell something to another relative at under oh, fair market value, now that's harder to prove. Yeah. Right, but technically the same problem. All right, what's our, our uh, last uh, so topic? Just another unique story from the front lines of mortgage lending. I had a, a call who called in just to our, our main line and said, hey, I'm buying a house with my friend. We're both going to live there. And I'm not really happy with my rate. I'm getting quoted like eight and a quarter on a 30-year fix. And I was like, hold on. I know rates are high, but that seems a little too high. So we dug into the details, and turns out the other lender was offering him not a Fannie Mae-backed mortgage, but a portfolio loan, because that was the only product that that other lender at that other company was recommending, because this guy's friend was self-employed, oh. and on paper made no money for his business, because he was writing everything off, because that's what you do when you're a small that's business right. owner. So they uh, were going forward with a portfolio product uh, where they're using the guy's bank statements as income, which we actually have a program like that that we could tap into as needed. But the rate is really right, unfavorable. So, closing costs higher too? Probably, yeah. yeah the, the, right. Never got to that. Part. Yeah, we never even got to closing costs. But you know, the the rate it was a fairly decent sized loan. So even a one percent difference, I think, was going to save him about two hundred thirty bucks a month. Whoa, real money. And we looked into it further, and he, the, the guy who called in, W two salaried employee. I did a you know a, a number crunch on, the, uh, and I didn't access his credit. This was more informal, but uh, we looked at his monthly payments uh, for his debts that are show up on his credit report, the monthly payment of the house, and I realized, hey, you can actually qualify for this all on your own, right? On a thirty year fixed Fannie Mae mortgage, where the rate is at least a full percentage point lower than than what he was currently getting. And I said. You can still have your friend as a buyer on title, and you know he's just not going to be on the mortgage. Right. So as long as you're okay with that 
you know, risk to you because, you know, ultimately you kind of have to have a handshake agreement with him. He's going to still help you out with the, the payment. But well, the savings are, are huge. Substantial. And, and yeah. sometimes when you're buying with a person who is not your legal spouse, whether it's a friend or a domestic partner or whatever, it is best to come up with a written agreement in advance because right. uh, there is no legal process to untangle that. Exactly. person wants to move out or, or sell the property or what have you. Right. You, you know, whenever you're buying with somebody else, there's oftentimes a mix of down payment. Hey, who's bringing the down payment to the party? Exactly. Or maybe one person is bringing more than the right. other. Right. And then the other thing is paying back, making the monthly mortgage payments. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's best to have a written agreement yeah. uh, before you close. So, All right. He was thrilled by the the alternate game plan, and uh, I love giving second opinions, yeah. and I think all of us at Acunet do. So call us if you uh, have doubts about your current game Situation. plan. That's yeah. right. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.